get started. So today we are moving, we're finishing Yilches, more or less. So today we're moving over to, uh, to the Yisum Drabanan of Bishel. Right? We're uh, shifting our uh, focus now um, to the beginning of Parakira, really, which uh, discusses the few Dinim Drabanan, right? So we have to discuss Shehiya and Achzara and Hatmana, and uh, with Achzara we're going to discuss Nesim al as well. So these are the primary Dinim Drabanan of Bishel. I think Shehiya may take us two Shiurim, and not just uh, one Shiur. So, uh, and I think I'm not going to be able to say Shiur on Sunday. They didn't tell me what my schedule is exactly, but I think I have to probably be involved on some level. I mean, I want to be involved in the uh, the Chagas Micha, um, by all of you. Uh, but uh, but if I do say sure, it would have to be very early. So uh, stay tuned to the WhatsApp. Um, you know, so uh, not not yet <coughs> sure if uh, there's going to be share on Sunday. So okay, so the first sugi in Parakira discusses Shehia. Um, it's also chronologically first when you're learning Hilchah Shabbos. It makes sense to discuss Shehia first because it's the thing that happens before Shabbos, right? That's why it appears way back in Rishon Gimel because you're dealing with that which uh, comes at the very beginning, even before before Shabbos starts. So uh, it involves that which you set up before Shabbos. So the Mishnah has machlokes b'Shabbos and b'Silos to whether setting things up on Friday to be used on Shabbos is mutter. And the Gemara assumes that uh, the sheet of Vesila, these things set up on Friday are mutter, applies to all of the malachas. Uh, so it seems that putting food on the fire before Shabbos to be left there on Shabbos, according to the Vesila, that you're allowed to do that with other malachas, you could set it up to, to go on its own, that it would be mutter. But then the Gemara says, nah, even Vesila agrees, leaving food cooking would be asr. It's a gzeira shami yichata b'gachalim. Uh, that, you know, if you're machata b'kholim, so what? What if you're machata That would be havara. It might be bishal also. So uh, even though by leaving a cooking from before Shabbos, it's obviously not bishal right? raisa, so, because th- there's no, there's nothing you're doing right now. Everything was left before Shabbos. There is this isidra called shihia. So what exactly is shihia? When does it apply? What are the exceptions? How does it translate into a modern kitchen? Right, that's uh, that's the arvoda for us to, to figure out. Uh, that's what we're we're going to try to work on. So the Mishnah Daf Lamed Vav tells us as follows: Kirushi Sikua Bekashu Bekvava Nosna Leatavshil Begevus Veitzim Lo Yitin Adchi Yigrov Or Adchi Yitin Asa Efer. You basically can't leave raw food cooking on a flame going into Shabbos, and then the Mishnah gives us a clue as to how to solve that problem. But to just leave raw food cooking on an open flame going into Shabbos, that's a problem. That's fundamentally a problem. Obviously, again, only in the Drabanan, because in order to violate Shabbos on a Darais level, you need to do some sort of Misa, and over here you're doing no Misa. Everything was done before Shabbos, just happening on its own, going into Shabbos. So the Shulchan Aruch, and Rashi, and Gimel Aleph, uh, and Rashi, and the Rambam, all say, because the, the concern is, like the Gemara seems to uh, indicate, Shami Yechata B'Gachalim. Um, the Gemara has a machlokas, though, between Hananya and the Rabbanan, and this is the most fundamental machlokas, obviously, in the sugya. The Gemara says, when we say lo yitain in the Mishnah, so lo yitain, hai lo yitain lo yachzirhu, avalishos mashin, afal bishen ogaravenokatum. When we say lo yitain, does that mean you're not allowed to put food back on a fire? But to leave food cooking on a fire from before Shabbos is fine, even if it's a uh, totally uncovered flame. In which case, the Mishnah might be assuming that Hananiah holds that as long as the food is at, at a level of, of Bishul called Machu ben Jusai, then, then you're allowed to leave it on an open flame. 
Or maybe the Mishnah is saying that you're not even allowed to do Shehiya. You're not even allowed to do Shehiya. For sure you're not allowed to do Achzara. But if it's talking about Shehiya, so it's a, a Stam Mishnah that seems to be taking a stand on Shehiya. It's just not clear which stand it's taking. But it's Stam Mishnah that, depending how you learn it, is either talking directly about Shehiya or it's talking about Shehiya by implication. But the Mishnah is telling us something about Shia. If the Mishnah is talking about Havzara, it means that Shihia would be Mutter even without Karavakatam. And that would be the sheet of Chananya. That as long as it's Kemach uh, Ben you can leave it cooking even when it's not Karavakatam. If the Mishnah is talking about Shihia, it means Shihia is normally Asr, which is uh, the sheet of the Rabbanan. That even if it's uh, past Machel Ben it's Asr. So, the, the, again, the two basic shitos, Hananya holds that, yes, there is an Isra of Shehiyah, but all you need to solve the Isra of Shehiyah is make sure the food is cooked to the level of Machel ben Jusai before Shabbos, and then you can leave it cooking the rest of the time. Even though Machel ben Jusai is uh, a sheer Doraisa, right, this is called Tikkun Rabban Ken Doraisa Tikkun, they use concepts, Mi Doraisa, to, uh, to govern the, the Dinim Dorabbanan as well. That makes sense to apply Machel ben Jusai. Machel ben Jusai is Din Doraisa, that's the sheer Bishel we, we learned. So what does Machlon Jusai have to do with Shehiyah? Because the idea is that if the concern, when I have food cooking on open flame, going into Shabbos, is that Shem Yichatim I might come to raise the flame, I might come to play with the fire, well, that's less of a concern if the food's already edible. If the food is edible, I'm not going to be such a, there's not going to be such a lachatz to do something to the food. It's Kemachal Ben already. So that's Shittas Chananya. It's already Kemachal Ben It's already edible. Not great. It's not, it's not enjoyable, but it's edible. And therefore, it's not going to be such a, uh, a pressing matter to make sure I'm not going to feel this intense pressure to be Mechata B'Kachalim. The Rabbanon, on the other hand, hold that no. The, the food has to get not only to Machel Ben Shusai, it has to, not only even Bushel Kotzach, it's got to get to the point of Mitztamek Veralo. Only once it gets to the point where further cooking is going to harm the food, then you've taken away any motivation from trying to raise the flame and trying to help in the cooking process. That's how the Rambam Paskins and Parakim that most people wouldn't be satisfied if their food were just Machel Ben Jusai. So they're still at risk of being Machat Bechal. Imagine you have a lot of company coming over and you realize that the food is only at Machel Ben Jusai. So it's going to be embarrassing. So you're going to want to feel the pressure to do something about it. So you're going to try to uh, to adjust the flame. And and that's why that's why the Rabbanon hold that it's got to be beyond, well beyond the Machel Ben Jusai. A couple of details. The Gemara in Daflam and Ches tells us that hot water is mitzamik v'ralav. That hot water is mitzamik v'ralav because it evaporates. So once it's already hot, then at that point there's no chashash shami yichata. Rav Meisha in Orachayim Chelik Dalid, Simenayim Dalid Oz Gimel, says that once it's 160 degrees, it's for sure, for sure fine. Um, but most food is mitztamik v'yafalo, and the food that is most obviously and certainly mitztamik v'yafalo, even after it's fully cooked, is chalent. Right? Chalent is like the classic example of mitztamik v'yafalo. The more it sits and the juices or whatever, the better the better it, it, it gets. Um, yeah. So this this may relate to the din, the the the, the showed about the dindal rice of bishul beyond machal ben Jusai. Right, Rabbi Willig makes that ha'ara, I think, that and other achronim as well. That uh, when you cook machul ben food on Shabbos, so uh, so if you hold that it's an iser da'oraisa to cook machul ben food on Shabbos, so it's more mistaver that I'm still going to be concerned about shemiyachata. 
by uh, by Malchus ben Jusai ben Jusai food. Although one could argue that no, I'm not uh, more. It's not more mistav, more or less mistaver. The chashash of shemi yichata is not about bishul. The chashash of shemi yichata is that I'm going to come to violate havara. So I think the Isra Shia is only a time of Shabbos. When you put it up, it's raw. It's not cooked at all. So I think it's got to be by the time Shabbos comes. So that's it's sad the sometimes in terms of when you make Shabbos, meaning do we go when you're Makabal Shabbos or when Shabbos actually starts? Right. So we're going to have to uh, discuss that also. No, no, no. It's not. It's not totally in each other. No, but uh, conceptually, you'd understand why there's more of a chashash if you hold that it's a bishul daraisa risk. But I'm just pointing out that it isn't really because it would be havari either way, havari daraisa. So the chashash is going to be the same, I think. Um, yeah. Why do we even have to mention it's not a Who would ever do that on purpose? Yeah, you're leaving it on the on the fire. So once it gets to that, what do you mean? Why? The, the food is staying on the fire, so at some point it turns. At some point it goes in the other in the other direction. So with the, that the chiddush is be, that that's the, the only that point that you wouldn't be allowed to You're making it worse. Food's becoming worse than it was before you put it on. What would be the hava? Meaning we're saying that's the kula. The kula meaning the rabbanon are more mekel. The rabbanon are saying I mean sorry, the rabbanon are more machmir. Right? They said that's the chumra. The rabbanon are saying that shehi is going to be aser. So long as it's positive, I mean it's exactly that svara. That's exactly what the Rabbanon is saying that shehia is going to be aser so long as it's so providing saying, a positive why benefit. Why would Hanania say? Why wouldn't Hanania? Obviously, like I just Hanania says she is going to be. What's the finish here? Like obviously, if it's if it's bad, like no, you're not asking about Hanania. You're saying once it's mistamik viralo. What's this? I'm there's no chiddush about it. It's, it's, it's a In a chinami, but that's exactly what the Rabbanon are saying. That there's no, uh, that, 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 uh, that once it's Masamic Vralo, I have no concerns. Of course, people will still leave it in a crock pot or whatever, even when it's a Masamic Vralo, because they want the food to be hot. Right? So they're still going to leave it there. They'll still leave it by the fire. It's better than being cold, you know, than having cold shalom the next day. So you can still leave it on the fire. Now, how do we paskin this machlokas between Hanani uh, and the Rabbanon? So that's the million-dollar question. How do we paskin? So the Rif and the Rabban paskin like the Rabbanon. That Lishos Tanan, and uh, that's the first day on Shulchan Aruch and Reish Gimel. Uh, Rashi, Tosos, Rash, Rabbein Hananel, paskin like Hananya. That Lo Yachzor Tanan, but Shehia would be Mutter, uh, provided that it's Kemachal Ben Jusai. And that's quoted as a Yeshomrim in Shulchan Aruch. And the Ramah says, Even though you have a Stam in the Yeshomrim, you'd imagine that you'd go like the, uh, the Stam. So the Ramah says, Our minute is to be Mekel, like the Svara Achrona. Our minute is to be Mekel, like the second day. Now, what are the Rayas? You've got to have a Raya to bask in one way or the other. There must be a Gemara about this. So before the Gemaras, there might be Mishnayas about this. Right, the the rayas are really originally from Mishnayos, and then there are a couple of gemaras that we could bring rayas from as well. It seems that there are the Rishonim. If you look through the Rishonim, there are like uh, three or four rayas that all the Rishonim focus on to try to figure out whether we pass on like Hananya or the Chachamim. The uh, Mishnah on uh, the the gemara in Lamed Vavam Beis talks about uh, that the simple reading of the Mishnah. Meaning the, the the Gemara wants to know when it says lo yitain, does it really mean lo yitain, or does it mean lo yisha? So that's a funny question, no? 
Meaning, is it lo yachzir tenan or is it lo yisha tenan? That that whole discussion in the Gemara seems to be telling me that if you read the Mishnah straight, you read the Mishnah normally, so then the Mishnah is going like the Rabbanan, that uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 that, uh, and then the Gemara says, no, you could even read the Mishnah like Hananiah and Chisurim Mechzer Vahachi Katani. So the, the, the simple reading of the Mishnah is not like Hananiah. The simple reading of the Mishnah is lo yachzir, that you're not allowed to do. Uh, they, 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 that I'm sorry. Is, is, is the simple reading of the Mishnah is like the Rabbanan that you're allowed to, that you're uh, that, that you're not allowed to do shihia uh, up until it's mavushal called zarcho. So uh, so so the Gemara says no. The Mishnah could even be going like Hananya. So how do you interpret the fact that the Gemara starts off with the assumption? that the simple reading of the Mishnah is like the Rabbanan, and then comes up with some sort of teretz to how it could be going like Hananiah. So that's where the Rishonim split, meaning that's definitely a right. The fact that the Mishnah sounds one way, and the Gemara's got to go like this to make the Mishnah fit with Hananiah, is definitely a right. The question is which direction that's a raya in. So that's a Machlokas Rishonim, how to take that raya. Um, on the one hand, Tosos writes, Daflam and Zayin Aleph, that why is it that the, the Gemara has got to go crazy to figure out how the Mishnah can read like Hananya? Because we pass like Hananya. So I want the Mishnah to fit with the way we pass in. I'd rather have a Stam Mishnah be like the way we pass in. So it's an indication that we go like Hananya. The Mishnah doesn't read so smoothly that way, but you have to do whatever you can to make the Mishnah fit the Allah. On the other hand, the Ramban in the Mulchamos and Tazayin Amalav Bedape Ariv says that the yeah, Amorim we're trying to defend Chananya, but uh, the simple reading of the Mishnah has got to carry the day. Simple reading of the Mishnah is like the Rabbanan, so the simple reading of the Mishnah is like the Rabbanan. So it seems that the Halacha is like the Rabbanan. The Gemara acknowledges that there is a way that Chananya is not going against the Mishnah. There is a way to make Chananya like the Mishnah, but the Pashtus is the Pashtus, and you got to assume that way. So it's a funny raya, meaning you have everyone agrees to what the discussion in the Gemara is, but but what does that indicate to you? Does it indicate to you that the Gemara wanted to stand on its head and was motivated to make to make the Mishnah fit like Chananya, and therefore we pass like Chananya? It's an indication that we pass. Or no, the indication is that we don't pass in like Hananya because the Gemara is acknowledging that the simple reading of the Mishnah is not like Hananya. So that Mishnah is definitely a Raya. It's just we don't know which way it's a Raya. It's a Raya both, in both directions, depending how you want to how you want to read it. So then there's another Mishnah that might be a Raya. The Mishnah Dafyutesim Beis says that you're not allowed to put bread into an oven before Shabbos starts unless there's Krimas Panim before Shabbos. The bread starts to crust before Shabbos. If the bread hasn't crusted before Shabbos, then it's some sort of Isser. What does this Isser sound like of putting raw dough in an oven, but it's got to be cooked to a certain point before Shabbos starts? This sounds exactly like the Isser of Shia. It's just talking about bread instead of Cholent. Right? Bread instead of Cholent. What's Krimas Panin? Would that be more like Hananya or more like the Rabbanon? That sounds a lot more like Hananya, right? Krimas Panin is yeah, it's beginning to crust. Is it edible yet? You know, you ever have a challah and Shabbos where you cut into it and it's just like, the whole inside is just pure dough. It's just like, you know, so some people like that. They, they, but like, you know, sometimes it, ha- it, it looks okay on the outside, but then on the inside it's this thick challah uh, and there's a, it's all dough on the inside. Krimas Panim is, is probably the equivalent of Machl Ben Drusai. So uh, the Gemara on Lamed Zayin Beis quotes Rava, who mentions this Mishnah, and the Mishnah says that you're not allowed to put this bread or cake or whatever in the oven 
on the coals in the oven unless the food is cre- has krimas panim. So it would seem that that's like chananya. It's got to be machal ben drusai. Uh, but it doesn't need to be mavushal kol tzarechus. So Rashi and Tosas over there uh, on Davlam Zayin and Beis point out, Tosas quotes Rabbeinu Chananya, Dalach Rav Sheshas Amar Rabbi Yochanan, the Rav Adam Tzavayit Haninu Sfiru Kavasei V'Chein Pasak Rashi the Stamas is Barakama Kichananya Umutalashos Afilu Beinu Grufa Avlach Zervada Yasholim Kin Garvakatam that the share of crusting is similar to Machal Ben Jusai and therefore you see like Chananya. Uh, however, the Rush takes that same evidence and doesn't interpret that way. Takes that same same Mishnah that talks about Krimas Panim and the Rush says no, nah, nothing to do with our whole sugya. Meaning, says the Rosh, first of all, even if you want to say that that's a Stam Mishnah that's going like Chananya, we have a Stam Mishnah in Parakira that goes like the Rabbanah, right? Meaning it's two Stams. We have, go back to Raya number one, says the Rosh, that our Stam Mishnah, until the Gemara stood on its head to figure out a way to make it work with Chananya, it was going like the Rabbanan. We assume that it fits very nicely like the Rabbanan. So just because you have a Stam Mishnah earlier and a Stam Mishnah, it doesn't mean that we follow the Stam Mishnahs earlier. We have a Stam Mishnah later uh, the, uh, that, that, that holds like the Rabbanan. Uh, you know, it's like almost like uh, when you have uh, the rules of Stam v'acharkach machlokas or machlokas v'acharkach Stam, right? What's the difference? If you have a Stam v'acharkach machlokas, so you have a Stam Mishnah, and then later on it introduces it as machlokas, so then ain't Stam. We don't pass like the Stam because the later, as they they advanced in the learning, they they discovered a new shita, so they brought that in in the later Mishnah. But if you have a machlokas v'acharkach Stam. Right, so what does that tell you? That it was a machlokas, and then by the time they got later on, they resolved their machlokas, and they, therefore they went with the stam. Right, that's generally the rule when it, within one mesechta. Rabbi Danasi didn't teach shas in order, so we don't do it from one mesechta to the other, but within one mesechta. That's the discussion. But Kamba Basra is probably all one mesechta as far as that's concerned, right? Because that was uh, that's how the Rishonim explained why it's uh, why why it's the first uh, why Babakam is the first mesechta in the Zik. It normally goes in order of prakim which has the most prakim to the fewest prakim. So Vakamba Matsiba Bas each have ten prakim, but Sanhedrin has eleven. So they point out that no no it's uh Mesachas Nazikin. Vakamba Matsiba Bas is Mesachas Nazikin, that's thirty prakim. And it's not so crazy to have a Mesachta with thirty prakim. It's that Mesachta that you avoid like the plague on the uh Shloshim sign up sheets, right? Uh Galen. You you don't want to uh you know you don't want to end up with so uh so it's not not so uh so nutty that you'd have thirty prakim. And then you have uh Sanajim, which is only eleven prakim. But this is similar, right? You have a stam earlier, says the Rush, and then you have a stam later. So we pass like the later stam, which is like the Rabbanan. But the Mulchamel says I don't even think the Mishan Daf Yates is a Raya. The Ramban in that Melchamos says, no, it's not a Raya like Hananya. Uh, if, if, if it were a Raya, then in the whole discussion, Lishos Tanan, Mahaksir Tanan, why didn't anyone say Toshma, uh, Gemara, Mishan Daf Yates, that, that tells us clearly like Hananya? Why, why don't we bring that as a raya? Meaning when the Gemara is going back and forth about Shehia, why did the Gemara bring up that Mishnah if it was such a Gavaldic Raya? So says the Ramban, that Mishnah has nothing to do with our sugya. That Mishnah is talking about where you have 
dough that's sitting on coals. If you're going to stoke the coals, you're going to ruin the whole bread. You're going to destroy it. There's no chashash of shami yechata in that case because it's going to ruin the food once it gets to the point of uh, of crusting. But the rabban, so even the rabbanon who say that no, you needs to get to the point of mitzamik varalo to allow shihia. That's on a challenge. But on dough that's sitting mamish on coals, that they'll agree that once it's machal ben it's fine. That they'll agree that once it's karum panav that it's going to be fine. So that's not uh, that's not not a raya. So again. Raya number two is from the Mishnah on Yotesam Nebez. On the surface, the Mishnah on Yotesam Nebez seems to be saying straight like Hananya. That's how Rashi says. That's how Toso says. Straight like Hananya. Says the Rush, I don't like that Raya because, I mean, he says the Rush, I do like that Raya, but the stronger Raya is the more current Mishnah. Is the is 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 the Mishnah of Lamed Zayin, and 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 uh, and furthermore uh, says says the Ramban, I don't even like the Raya at all. I don't think that that Mishnah has anything to do with us. That Mishnah is talking about bread that's sitting directly on coals. It's got nothing to do with our sugya of cooking a chalent. Questions? Now the Rosh passed, seemingly splitting the tzach. Why? Because on the one hand he seems like he's splitting the tzach, and then he says later on. No, he says that that star Mishnah is like Hananya, but I prefer the more current star Mishnah, which is like the Rabbanan. Like the Rabban. Like like yeah, like yeah. Someone else had a question? No? Okay. So uh, okay, so those are the Mishnais. Uh, but there are other Rayas that the Rishonim bring in as well. The Gemara on Daflamit Zayin. Uh, you know, the Gemara has this whole discussion what the case in the Mishnah is. And the Gemara then says, you know, what's the halacha if you are somech? What does that mean? We'll have to see, right? So, what do you assume that if you're somech, it's okay? Because we know that uh, the Gemara says we know tocha ugaba is aser, but somech is mutter. Or do we say no? That somech to the fire would also be a problem, would also be aser. So, what's that question about, and how does it help us here? So, the Riv says that this question is a raya that we pass like the Rabbana. Because what's the, the Gemara asking? The Gemara is asking about being being somech, a, a pot of food to the fire, it's really if shihia by smicha would be mutter. Because real shihia is going to be aser. Meaning what the Gemara is saying is toch ugaba, that's going to be aser. What, what do you mean toch ugaba? If before Shabbos you put raw food mamish on an oven, that's aser. Okay, but what if you put raw food near an oven? What if you put raw food in a hot place that's, that's near that's near an oven or near a stove? So that that's, says uh, says the riff. That's exactly the Gemara's the Gemara's kasha. The Tosos and Daflam Zayin Maul Lismoch Be'eno Grufa Kabayi Ve'imas Nisan Lishos Tanan Kabayi Lishos Lahachsir Ve'lahachsir Tanan Rishari Lishos Afilu Tocha Ve'Gaba Bayi Lahachsir Ve'Lishos Hecha She'enu Mavushal Kamachu Mishusai. It could be that the question is within the sheet of Chanania as well. That the Gemara is talking about uh, uh, before it gets to Machal ben And that's why the Gemara assumes that Shehiyah is going to be Asr. Meaning, even Hanani is not totally Matir Shehiyah. Even Hanani says Shehiyah could be Asr if it's not yet Machal ben Right? So, it's not a Raya. Like the Rifan say, it's a Raya to the Rabban. Why is it a Raya to the Rabban? Because the Gemara is assuming Tocha Begaba is Asr. So it's a Raya that Shehiyah is Asr. And, and the Gemara's only question is, what if you're Somech? But, but even Hananiah agrees that there is such a din called Shehiyah, there's such an Isra called Shehiyah, 
if it's raw, if it's not even machum ben trusai. So maybe the whole shayla is within Hananiah's shita. It might be talking about achzara also, and even if it's talking about shia, it might be talking about shia pachos mimachum ben trusai. So that doesn't seem to be a uh, you know a checkmate like a, uh, a clear strong raya. There's one more raya that the riff brings on daftar base. The Gemara talks about mitzamek v'yafelo versus mitzamek v'ralo. Uh, any discussion mitzamek v'yafelo versus mitzamek v'ralo would seem to indicate that you have a problem up until at least that point, right? The question is. Is she here an issue only until Mitzamek V'yafalo? Or is she here even an issue up until the point of Mitzamek V'ralo? So that seems to be a pretty clear raya that we're assuming, like the Rabbanan, that the Shakla Vitaria in the Gemara is like the Rabbanan. Otherwise, what do we, what do we care about Mitzamek V'yafalo and Mitzamek V'ralo? V'yodai Chananya, once you're at Machal Medrusai, it's already a problem. It's already, uh, I'm sorry, it's already mutter. It's already no problem. So what do I care if you what the Rabbanon hold mitzamik v'yafelo? Why do I care what the Rabbanon hold? Whether you need it to be mitzamik v'ralo or even just mitzamik v'yafelo is good enough because we pass like the Rabbanon. So says the Balamar, ah, not convinced, because even according to Chananya, it makes a difference whether it's mitzamik v'yafelo or mitzamik v'ralo. Why? So the Balamar says something difficult to understand, uh, remarkable chiddush, and he says no. Hananya allows Shehiyah when something's Kemachal and Jusai. But not if it's Mestamik V'yafalo. Only if it's Mestamik V'ralo. The whole discussion, Hananya and Rabbanan, is only if you have something that is being hurt in some way by being on the fire. It may be only a third cooked or a half cooked or whatever Machal and Jusai is, but, but it's got to be that the assumption is that it's Mestamik V'ralo. So what Hananiah's din is, Hananiah's whole uh, kula is, that if something is Machu ben Jusai and mitztamek v'ralo, then she is going to be mutter. But if it's Machu ben Jusai and it's mitztamek v'yafalo, then even Hananiah's going to say there's going to be an Isra of Shehiyah. What? Right? I'm, I'm not sure what that means. Right? The Muhammad points out, there are stages here, right? There's Machu ben Jusai, there's Mephushal called Tzorcha, then there's mitztamek v'ralo, meaning it's it's a later stage in cooking. How do you have a mitztamek v'ralo on something that's not even fully cooked yet? No, no, mitzias, mitzias. Where do you have a case of something that's only partially cooked, but it's mitztamek v'ralo? By oh, being on the fire, it's going to ruin it. With the dough inside, very doughy. What? Challah with the very doughy inside. Yeah. Not fully, no one's Why is that Mitzamek Varalo? How do you make that? How do you call that Mitzamek Varalo? At least I like the. Oh, meaning that the person's the personal. Uh, they prefer to have. Uh, they prefer to have partially raw food. Yeah. Meaning you're going to have uh, Rav Shachter's definition of a steak mufushal called Tzarcha, right? That it's got to be, you know. But but you know how to eat steak, so you want to eat steak that's uh, that's still red inside, that's still. Uh, Right, that's uh, that, that's what he's uh, Adam's. Are we going to say? Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's pshat. The Ramban can't imagine such a case. The Ramban says, I don't understand what he's talking about. How could food be machal and shleim and samivaralo? It could also be that the raya is not such a stark raya, right? Meaning, what's the whole raya? That why does the Gemara care so much about the sheet of the chachamim? Well, sometimes we care, even if we don't pass in that way. Yeah, we try to learn uh, both shitos. It's true that it's an indicator in psak, but it's not a raya brura in psak. 
Right, an indicator in Psak is if the Gemara is focused on a particular sheet, that's an indicator that the Gemara is more noted to that uh, to that side. Uh, Raya Brura, that we pasken like that side? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. The Gemara was discussing within the sheet of the Rabbanon, so you're allowed, to, you're allowed to discuss within the sheet that we don't pasken like also. So at the end of the day, you see why there's a Machlok Zushon, right? You have Mishnah Lamed Vav, which can go either way, which is definitely a Raya. Everyone holds it's a Raya, it's just half the people hold it's a Raya that we pasken like Hanania, the other half holds it's a Raya that we pasken like the Rabbanon. Then you have the Mishnah Yates, which may or may not be a Raya, and even if it is a Raya, it could be that the Lamed Vav Raya overpowers the Yates Raya. And then you have these Gemaras, which don't really push you in a, in, in, in a clear direction to say that we have an absolute Raya one way or the other. So these are the four Rayas that they bring, and that's why it's a Machlugs Rishonim that you know, makes it onto the page of Shulchan Aruch. It never really got resolved. You don't have any like checkmate, you know, end of the day, this is what it must be, kind of, uh, kind of Rayas. So, Rilgad Bir Alacha, Dibra Maschel Venagu, the Bir Alacha writes that the Rush that the Rosh's shita is so fascinating. Because what does the Rosh say when paskening this issue? Right, Hanani is a tremendous kula. To pasken like Hanani means you're allowed to do shihia as long as it's only machal ben Shusai. Says the Rosh, Yisrael adukim b'mitzvah sonak Shabbos u'bevadei lo yishmu lanu alkein hanach lahem li Yisrael. Mutzav shishog v'ayin Right? That the Jewish people are so in love with the mitzvah sonak Shabbos that if we try to be machmir about how much they can prepare the food and how to prepare the food before Shabbos, they're not going to listen to chumras in this area because they want to have delicious food for Shabbos. So, uh, so you have to let them be. Which means, I really think you should like the Chachamim. But the Jewish people would love to pass like Hanania, and they're not going to listen to us if we pass like the So he wanted to be machmir, but he just felt he couldn't be machmir because the Jewish people won't listen. So it's best to be machmir, but you can't be mocha biyadam akilim. And, and certainly if guests show up late, then you can be makel, right? If a surprise uh, company comes, you know, yeah, you have, uh, you're having a small uh, Shabbos for just the family. And then, uh, you know, uh, we once had, we once had, uh, we were having a small, I don't know if you remember this, you probably very little at the time. We, we had a very, we had just a very small meal, just the family. And there was a knock at the door and it was all the Maccabees. Uh, we're, we're at the, we're at the door. So uh, so this was when they, they were all the uh, you know. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not. I'm, I'm sure they're still very popular. <laughs> but, <laughs> but 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 uh, but you know they they were all they were all at the door. So uh, so so uh, hi guys, what's going on? So they said, well, we were doing a gig across the street and the uh, for a bar mitzvah. And they didn't provide us with food. <laughs> we're starving, so uh, so we had to uh, we had to provide food for all the Maccabees. So like sometimes you have like a last minute, you know, they have uh, you have a whole, a whole crew of people just shows up. Okay, so now it's right before Shabbos. What do you do? You have you to grab whatever meat you can out of the freezer and you start cooking things. You do whatever you can. So in such a case, says Biralach. Okay, so then you can rely on on on, on Hanania. In Mishabru, in, in the end of Rishon Tess, he runs down uh, Dine Shehia and he writes that if it was cooked Kemachel Ben Drusai, it's mutter. Seems like he's makel maker adin. Right? It's, it's really a question how do you read that rush, right? When the rush says that, that because Yisrael is adukim be onik Shabbos, so is the rush saying, look, I really pass on Chum, or is that. Is, is, is that uh, uh, the rush explaining why we don't pass on Chum? Chazanish, in Simon Lamed Zayn Sivkat and Gimel, 
It's also a funny way to say it. The Machmirim, like the Rabbanon, are Gedol Elam. Who, who holds like, like the Rabbanon? Who are the Machmirim? The Rif, the Shiltos, Va'od. <laughs> How does he not say the Rambam? Right? It's a, the Rambam, the Rif, the He says that the Rif, that maybe he holds that saying the Rif is the same as saying the Rambam. Okay. But he says, since the Machmirim are Gedol Elam, the Rif, the Shiltos, Va'od, since you have such, Hayyaroi Lahachmir, Shalodi Kanis Lepulkla. So it would have been Rawi to be Machmir, just to avoid any Machlokas. So If you're going to tell Claudius, Yisrael, look, the Halacha is like Hananiah, we pass like Hananiah, but we think you should be Machmir because we have such reverence for the, 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 the Sheiltos, the Rif, and Od. We have such reverence for them that we think you need to be Machmir. They're going to say, this is not a place to have a Chumrah. Very often, when you have a chumrah, it's also cool on the other end. So this is a place where it's not appropriate to be machmir. Wherever there's room to be makel, you got to be makel. And were absolutely allowed to be makel. These were gedolei rishonim that were makel. And could be that if you had so many Gedol Olam throughout the generations that weren't Machmir for the Rabbanan, that's a Mesorah not to be Machmir. So don't tell me to be Machmir. So Chaznish thinks that when the Rush says, Hanachlehem, he doesn't mean that with a krechts. Ah, Nebuch, you, you know, the, the Jewish people won't listen. If only they were, you know, good boys and girls, they would listen and they would do, they would, they would take the chumras that we uh, recommend. No, he's saying you're not supposed to take these chumras because it's going to cost you on a Shabbos. That even one, sorry? Yeah. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there also. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. You're saying that's the Mishabura. Right, right. Okay, we'll get there as well. Now, um, the normal rules of Shulchan Aruch is that uh, halacha is like the first opinion and not a yesh omrim when it's a stam. Any yesh omrim in the Sefer Milchas Kohen, Rav Simchabun Khan quotes it in, uh, in, 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 uh, in um, Shabbos Kitchen, which, by the way, came out with an expanded edition this year, Shabbos Kitchen. I assume they filled in, like, at the time that it first came out, there was no such thing as, like, a warming drawer. You know, like, they were, they were missing some basics, you know, so, uh, I mean, not basics at that time. It was it was very thorough, but uh, as technology advances, they need more, uh, you know, more pages. So, uh, so, anyway, so he brings a riot that over here, the Mechaber is really being makel. That over here, the Mechaber is really the same like Hananiah. Magen Avram, Quotes a Chuvas in Simtav Tzadi, the Magen Avram quotes Chuvas that whenever it says Vaham Nagu, it's not a Magen Avram on this Indian, but whenever it says Vaham Nagu and not Vechein Noagin, it means that people started this minig without rabbinic approval. And over here, the Rama says Vinagu, so maybe the Rama doesn't really approve. Meaning, he doesn't say Vechein Noagin, he says Vinagu. Right, what was the Lashon of the Rama? What was the Lashon of the Rama? 
So Nagula Hakel maybe so you know uh, fits that Maganav that Chuvas uh, Rama that uh, that is Nagula Hakel is maybe like I'm Nagula not Vachein Nag that uh, you know sometimes the people have spoken and the Rabbanim were not so pleased with it. You have a lot of times like that that uh, that the Rabbanim all give a psak, but the Hamonam is familiar that there is another psak out there and they decide two days of Yantif in Eretz Yisrael, right? All the rabbanim, you know, all the American rabbis for all their kilos gave a psak, and all the people said, "We appreciate your opinion, but uh, you know, we're uh, we're going to go in a different direction on this." You know, so the, the people have uh, voted, and they chose not to do like that. So that's not that that's a nagulam. That's not a v'chaynogin. That's uh, what people decided to do on their own. What? The Shuvah Surah says, not that way. Sometimes uh, we're not so pleased with it. Sometimes we are. Sometimes, you know, Venos Yisrael, Chmir, Al-Atzman, Shafil, Rose, Tifus, Amachazad, Yashem, And that we were thrilled with. That uh, apparently we have no problem with that they decide to be Machmir. Even though, you know, you would imagine a bunch of men would not be so happy with that, right? Nidah Daraisa sounds good to us. Why do we have to do Zavagadola and everything? But uh, but that we were thrilled with. Rabban, we're perfectly happy with that one. All right. Um, it would seem... Uh, that for Svardim, when you just read the Shulchan Aruch, that if you want to put food on a heat source and before Shabbos, you need to make sure that the fire is garvakatim. We'll get to what garvakatim means, uh, unless the food is cooked to the level of mistamek veralo, to be machmir, right? Uh, unless you say, like that, say from Mechaz Kohen, that over here the mechaber is really being made. The simple reading, the simple rules of mechaber is that he'd be machmir over here. Uh, it's not only Mechaz Kohen, though. Ravadia in Yabiyo Omer Chel Gvav Beis. Um, and Rav Yitzchak Yosef and Yalkut Yosef, Rashi and Gimel, in the first footnote, uh, quoting from his father, uh, both quote this Minchas Kohen that over here even Sfarim can be maker like Hanania. Ravadi says that uh, the Shulchan Aruch changed his psak. How do I know that he wants to be maker over here? Because if you look in Rashi and Dalit, if Dalit, he paskins that you could put raw fruits directly on the fire. And halachically, fruits have the status of being kamachal v'drusayi because they're edible raw. They're nechul kamoshu uchai. So the uh, Shulchan Aruch apparently allows taking food that's edible, that's kamachal v'drusayi, just edible, and uh, leaving it on the fire. So the Maisa, uh, it seems that uh, there's a lot of room to be making like Hananya. But that's what a lot of the Poskim say. Always best to have a fire of Garv Kantam anyway to be machmir for the sheet of the Rabbana. That's what Shmir Shabbos writes, um, and Bir Alacha, also, that based on the language of the Rosh, that L'Chalchila best to be machmir like the Rabbana. But the Psak Meikra Din seems to be like Hananya. Do we have other, do we have precedent for this that Shulchan Aruch asking like a Yesh Omer so Ravadia Tainas because he changed his mind. You see later on, just a few Simanim later, he changed his mind. So yeah. In general, just, just no, sometimes, sometimes uh, every rule has an exception. Yeah, every rule has exceptions. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes. <laughs> That's what the Mechaber is based on. Meaning it's at least a sniff in his uh, thinking yeah. over there. Mm. Okay, good. I didn't, didn't think of that, didn't know that. Um, 
Meaning, you're tightening that even if Beit is not paskening like that, at least it would be a sniff to add, meaning he already quoted two Yesh Omri, two yeah. Deos, so it doesn't take much to tip the scale yeah. in one direction or the other. Yeah, when there is when there are two shitas quoted in Shulchan Aruch, even the shita that we don't pass like the fact that it appears in Shulchan Aruch matters, right? The fact that it makes it into the page of Shulchan Aruch means that it's you can you're much more likely to use it as a sniff, even when the when the rules would tell you to pass like like the other day. I was just asking of Newberger this morning. He had a shaila, um, a very fascinating shaila actually. A guy told me that he uh, he oftentimes. Uh, did I tell you this one? He takes in foster children. I told you this one. The guy told me he very often time takes in foster children. Um, and uh, Agav, someone told me that Rabbi Israel Reisman has six foster children living in his house now. Unbelievable. So he's uh, like, all his kids got married. He's like, what did the Rebbe put me here for to take care of Nishamas? So incredible. So, anyway, so a friend of mine has uh, taken a foster child. Um, and sometimes they stay for just a couple of days, sometimes a couple of weeks, sometimes it could be months, you know, it could be anything, um, depending on the situation. And it's a uh, child from a conservative uh, Jewish family. And then uh, he was talking to the kid, and the kid said, yeah, I'm sure I was adopted. My parents deny it. The parents were obviously dysfunctional. That's how the kid ended up in the foster system. And he said, but I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that I was adopted. I remember, I have vague memories when I was like four years old, you know, speaking a different language, whatever, you know, and uh, I, I think I was adopted from that country. I'm sure that I was adopted. And it looks like it's, the child's probably right, that uh, the child was adopted. So you have a child that was adopted by a conservative family, right? So now he knows that if, if he says goodbye to the child at any point, you know, if they say, okay, we took care of the child for a couple of weeks, now find a more permanent home for the child, where he lives, where this person lives, there's like a 90% chance the child is ending up in a Christian home. They always end up in religious homes because those are the people who want to take in foster children. So they always say it's 90% chance he's going to end up in a, in a Christian home. Are you allowed to give up a child who was adopted by a conservative family? Meaning, what are the assumptions about the Yiddishkeit of the child? It's a heavy shayla. So I asked, I, before I spoke to him, I asked two, two different Rabbanim. One of them said, it's Pasha, the child's not Jewish. And the other one said, it's Pasha, you have to be Choshish, the child is Jewish. Like, obviously, you can't let the child go into it. Cause like, you know, I love when everyone is so confident. <laughs> like everyone is a, but, uh, but, so, oh, so what, why, why am I mentioning this? Because another child, yeah, is while the child is living there, let's say the kid wants to, the kid's a teenager. So he's going to make himself eggs or uh, pasta or something. You have to worry about Bishalakum. So you have, you have to be choshesh at least for bishalakum. So Rabbi Nuberger was uh, clearing. Let's say you could assume they're Jewish, and then you find out afterwards that they're not. Now you're gonna have to go kasher all your pots, right? Because bishalakum is two days in Shulchan Aruch whether it trafes up kalim, but based on the klali Psak, we pass on like the day that it does trafe up kalim. So now you're gonna have to trade for public meaning. It could be. It could be that you're not bichoshish or bishalakum, but you always have, you're, you're running the risk that you're gonna find out. And if you find out, then it's <laughs> then you're gonna have a problem. So I thought I asked him. I said, "Do you really have to cash your pots in such a situation? Meaning, it's two days in Shulchan Aruch, plus it's based on Shal Yisrael, and you know, like uh, when you're making pasta or eggs, you could argue it's not all Shulchan Aruch. We wouldn't say that, but we would. And uh, you know, it's a sniff. You know, like there's enough to, to, to work with over here. 
that uh, you could pass it like that other day. It's quoted in Shulchan Aruch. It's quoted in Shulchan Aruch. So, uh, and in Bidiyavet, for Bidiyavet. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so he was, I think in the end he said, yeah, yeah, but, uh, that you wouldn't have to kasha the pots. But anyway, it's a difficult shayla. No resolution yet to that shayla. Um, okay, now the, 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 the next thing, uh, what is Machel ben Jusai? Meaning, uh, once we know that we're going to pass the Mikra din Kananya, even though we try to be Machel like the Rabban, we're going to pass the Mikra din Kananya, so we need to know what Machel ben Jusai means. So we know that Kali Shal has accepted this opinion of even Sfardim apparently have accepted this opinion of Chananya. So how do we define Machel ben Jusai? Because once the food has reached that, then you could leave it on an open flame going into Shabbos. So that is a machlokas rishonim, whether it's a third cooked or a half cooked. And the Shulchan Aruch, Rishon and Dalit Beis, passes like the Rambam, that it's got to be half cooked to be machlok ben Shusai. However, Mishabura Rishon Gimel Amid Ches says b'shas adchak he could be mekel and the third cooked is machlok ben Shusai also b'shas adchak. Those are numbers. Numbers don't really help when you're talking about a qualitative change. Numbers help when you're dealing with quantity, not when you're dealing with quality. So half, third, how do you determine what's half, what's, what's a third? Um, there are foods that take an hour to cook, but they only really become edible in the last 10, 15 minutes. The first 45 minutes that they're in the oven, they're totally inedible. And then the last 10, 15 minutes, the process speeds up or whatever. So would Machlom and Shusai be defined by half the cooking time or when the food is halfway to being finished? So Chazanish, Lamed Zayin Vav, Chazanish writes... That it's very difficult to gauge, so we always follow the cooking time, the amount of time it takes to cook, because there's no other way to measure, you know, a qualitative change in terms of numbers. So if food takes an hour to cook, from when it reaches Yatsaladispo, if it takes an hour from when it reaches yet, I mean the cooking is not said to have begun until the food reaches Yatsaladis. That's an important distinction over here. I may take a cold food. I may take, let's say, I take um, uh, a piece of meat out of the freezer. And my wife says, barbecue this meat. I'm the, I, I do the grilling in the house, right? So, because uh, I'm the one that remembers to shut it off. So, after I'm done. So, let's say I, I take the, uh, the meat out of the freezer and I, uh, and, I, and I grill the meat. The first 10 minutes, if I took it out of the freezer, so I wouldn't do that, I'd wait till it defrosts. But if I took it out of the freezer and I put it on the, on the grill, first several minutes that it's on the grill, it's not cooking at all. It's just thawing. It's just getting rid of the. So, at what point is the bishel said to begin. So the Bishel begins when it gets to a point, even if it's room temperature, when it gets to a point of Yatsaladas. You have to wait till that point, and then the clock starts. So 30 minutes from when the, from when the food gets, if it takes an hour to get from Yatsaladas to Mavushal Kotsarcho, so 30 minutes uh, in is considered Machal Ben But Achronim aren't, so not, a lot of the other posts are not so thrilled with the Chazanish, because a lot of times it's not even remotely edible when it's, when it's halfway through. You know, the whole concept of Machlom and is that it's Nechalali Deir Chak, that you'd eat it if you were in a pressing circumstance. It's not even remotely edible if it's, if it's uh, only halfway through. So in Orcho Shabbos, he quotes the Kavachayim and Rav Vazner that argue on the Chazanish and say you should be Machmir and follow the quality of the food and not the time it takes to cook. I, I don't know what mechanism you have to measure that, though. Meaning, uh, the Chazanish is Tain is a Shtarka Taina. That uh, we're assuming, unless you say that no, you don't really have to measure uh, precisely what's a half, what's a third. You have to measure what would be considered edible, and uh, Rishonim uh, give numbers to it. But it's really about what, what would be considered to be edible. But you have to. It's hard to say that because there is a machlok as Rishonim whether it's a half or a third. So they're disagreeing about something. You know, by uh, like uh, when we say that we're going to go to Kula, that it's only uh, a third. 
So No, because sometimes you're allowed to paskin, meaning not everything is a suffix. Sometimes we paskin. We paskin like one shita. So apparently, Mekra didn't we really paskin like the Rambam. It's just that we're so mech b'shasadchak on the other shita. It's like a dayulismochla b'shasadchak kind of uh, kind of thing. Um, then then we, we, we get to, okay, so what do we have so far? Machlokz Chanani and the Rabbanan, we had four rayas, had a paskin, but it didn't really help us. So we, we're still stuck with Machlokz Chanani and the Rabbanan. Two days in Shulchan Aruch had a paskin, the Ramah tells us we could be mekel. Even Svardim Ravadi tells us could be mekel, even though in Shulchan Aruch it doesn't sound like it could be mekel based on that Kohen. And uh, maybe the Machaber changes his mind. So even Svardim could be Mekel. But the Biralacha, based on the Lashon of the Rush, Biralacha is convinced that it's Kedai to be Machmir, although the Chazanish says, I don't read the Rush that way. I don't think the Rush is telling us that it's Kedai to be Machmir. I think the Rush is telling us not to be Machmir. But it seems that the practice is we try to be Machmir. But since Mekra Din, we all agree that uh, Svardim Ashkenazim, everybody seems to agree that Mekra Din, we pass like Chananya. So we just need to, knowing what, what Machmir Mendrasai is, is going to be very important. So we just if it's a half cooked or a third cooked, so Mikra did a half cooked, Bishashach Yibrahim a third cooked, and a Machlokas how to measure what's called half cooked, what's called third cooked, right? That's where we are right now. But Lechorah, most of the time, most of the time, you, you avoid the issue entirely. You don't have to think about any of this. You don't have to think if it's half cooked or a third cooked. You don't have to think about Hanan, you don't have to think about the Rabbanan, because the Mishnah said Beferish that if it's Garaf or Katum, it's fine. That as long as garfakatum, it's no problem. So as long as you don't put it on an open fire, you don't leave it cooking on an open fire, you keep it in a place that's garfakatum, then that's going to be uh, okay. I remember when uh, I first got married, my wife used to make chalant in a crock pot. Now she doesn't do that anymore. Now she makes chalant in just like an aluminum pan, so she could just throw out the whole pan afterwards. But, uh, but she used to make chalant in a crock pot. So uh, the crock pots, the, the, they say that was the last soccer from Shomaz Alman Orbach before he died. It was about crock pots was that uh, he, about hatmana in a crockpot, which we'll discuss when we get to uh, hatmana. But what people used to do is they would put like rocks at the bottom of the crockpot, or, or they would roll up balls of uh, aluminum foil and put it in between the, the insert and the heating mechanism so that the pot was lifted a little bit, and that way they would avo- avoid the issue of hatmana. So I wasn't sure whether we needed to do that or not to avoid hatmana. So I asked Shafter at the time whether to do that. I thought that was the only thing. I didn't know anything about Al-Khashab. I just assumed that, uh, that that's the only Shaila. So he said, he said, no, you don't need to do that. But anyway, obviously you're going to line the whole thing with foil anyway. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> of course, because he said, yeah, because otherwise you have Shihir problems if you don't line the whole thing with foil. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So, so the, uh, the, 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 there is a way to solve all the Shi'ia problems. You just make a card of a katun. So that's normally what we do. So let's discuss a little bit. You know what? It's a little bit late to start a discussion on Garifu Katum. Um, the, 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 what I, what, if we have Shir on Sunday, <laughs> the Rashba and Lamb of Mbez, is it so partial that Garifu Katum works even according to Hananiah? This is what Ellie was referring to before. Meaning that Garifu Katum for sure works according to the Rabbanan. That if it's not yet Mavushal Kaltzarach, but it's Garfakatam, it's okay. Hananiah holds Shia is also when it's not yet Machal ben If it's Garfakatam and it's not yet Machal ben would that be good enough also? So, Bethlehem will discuss Garfakatam next time, and uh, we'll also discuss Kedera Chaisa. Right, those are the two major uh, discussions left, and then we'll get into applying to the modern kitchen with a blech and an oven and a hot plate and uh, whatever else you have in modern kitchens. So, crock pots and whatever.
ואז יש לך בגץ לאגסטיין. זה? אז בשאלות.